Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church, building faith and friendship. Passage we're going to be looking at today is from Luke chapter 21 and verses 1 to 4. As Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Truly I tell you, he said, this poor widow was put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. So Jesus has been teaching in the temple, and in the last weeks of his life, he taught, preached, and dealt with the religious leaders. He went about insulting people and generally upsetting those who were in power of the day. And with this little moment, he does not change the trend. Luke has just finished telling us how Jesus condemned the teachers of the religious law for their concern over outward appearances, over the condition of their own hearts, particularly in the way they ignored injustice and were not merciful. And he continues to talk about outward appearance versus true generosity. And Jesus wants us to have an extraordinary faith. Let's picture the scene. Jesus is in the temple with his disciples in the area called the Court of Women. This wasn't just for women, but women could go in there. And it would have been packed There would have been Jesus, his disciples, otherwise known as followers, plus the religious leaders. And they are the ones that Jesus has just been castigating. And it was Passover. Hundreds and thousands of people would have come to the temple as pilgrimage. And this court of women had 13 boxes in which to put money. Seven for the money where you paid your temple taxes and six boxes for your free will offerings. So seven for the money that you had to pay for the upkeep of the temple. And six boxes if you wanted to be particularly generous and give of yourself as an offering to God. And as I said, this was Passover. And the Jewish people would come and offer to their temple their gifts to God to continue the work that took place for their faith. And in comes a widow. Now, widows have a special place in Jesus' teaching. He speaks about orphans and widows often. These were the most vulnerable in Jesus' day. They were the people who had little voice, and Jesus spoke up on behalf of the powerless, the voiceless. He wanted his society to provide for those people. Plus, he is vicious when anyone cheats those type of people. As he said in Luke 20 and verse 47, they devour widows' houses and for a show make lengthy prayers. These men will be punished most severely. Or as Jesus' brother James says in James 1 27, religion that our God, our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after the orphans and the widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So Jesus watches, 
And we see Jesus is observant. He doesn't just see the great, the wealthy, the powerful. He sees the least, the embarrassing, the lowly, a widow. Crowds of people, people coming in and their coins rattling noisily into the boxes. They open their robes, throw in loads of denarius, each one being the value of a day's wage. And if I was there, I would be celebrity spotting. Oh, oh look, there's Billy Graham. Oh, he's so famous. Wow, he is so generous. Oh, and there is Bear Grylls, back from some adventure in the wilds with Obama or someone. And that was a hefty donation. Oh, and Victoria Beckham. I didn't know she was a believer. Oh, well, she's clearly come to pay her respects to God. The priests are going to be very happy this year. They're going to be able to do loads. Isn't that exactly how our culture works? We notice the famous, the wealthy, the impressive. But Jesus notices a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. These coins were called lepton. They would be the lowest value of currency of the day. A lepton was one 128th of a day's wage. So let's work that out. Minimum wage for eight hours a day is £53.60. Divide that by 128, that's 42 pence. So she puts in two 20 pence pieces. And Jesus says, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth. But she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. And the text says gifts she gave to the free will offering box. This wasn't a tax she had to pay. She gave out of her generosity. And this offering was everything she had. She had nothing to live off afterwards. She would go, went into the temple and emptied her life savings into the box. Everything. She would go hungry, perhaps for some time, because of this gift. And there are three things that are really important to take from this passage. Firstly, we should give generously, and so we notice. She gave two coins. She could have just given one, and then had enough to eat that day. Aristotle wrote that one's generosity is to be evaluated in terms of one's resources. And therefore, what Jesus notices is the proportion of what she gave. Her gift was minute. Yet in Jesus' view and Aristotle's phrase, a person who gives the least may actually be the most generous because they have the least resource. I volunteered to do this sermon before I realized the passage. And as soon as I found out the passage, I knew exactly why God made, made me volunteer. It reminded me of when I was in a big church in London. And the vicar challenged the evening congregation, the cool young hip things, about generosity. I was 23. I was in my first year of teaching. i just started paying back my student loan, which felt massive after four years at uni. And I was lodging with a family from the church to try and make ends meet. I went along to this wonderful church, I was in a home group, I volunteered on the worship team, and the vicar asked in the sermon about giving. I didn't give regularly to the church. In fact, I didn't have a standing order, and I often didn't have any cash in my wallet. 
And Simon asked the congregation how much we gave, how we gave, and why we gave. I sat there feeling relatively comfortable. I had a low income that year, and I thought to myself, when I have more, I will give regularly. I'll bring money to church each week. I will. And then he asked if we thought we got something from the church, or if others did. If the church had changed our lives at all, or if we saw the lives of others changed. And I had. I knew that children came to the church and met Jesus. I knew the outreach of the church had an impact locally, but also elsewhere in the world. And I knew we paid our vicar and supported his family. And that at that church, we paid the worship leader, the children's worker, and a few others. And it was a fantastic church to bring non-Christians to. It was exactly the kind of non-religious, welcoming, wonderful place you would want non-Christians to experience. I had taken loads of friends along to see how wonderful it was. And I was giving nothing to it. I went along each week. I had loads of friends there. I had found myself in God because of the teaching and the truth. And of my £15,000 a year before tax, I was not giving 1500 I probably wasn't giving even 150 I used to watch the offering bag go by every week. And people probably assumed, I was a regular, they probably assumed I gave through standing order. I didn't. And then he asked how many of us had had a takeaway coffee that week. Or if we were thinking of going to the pub after the service that evening, as most of us young cool hip things did. Or whether we bought a bottle of something nice to take to a friend's house for an evening social. And I realised I was assuming that some imaginary, generous and rich person who went to the morning service, because we were in London and everyone must be rich, that they would pay more than their 10% share in order to cover the stuff I liked to enjoy, be a part of, and I assumed would continue. And that they wouldn't pay my way and for my lack of generosity. I didn't want to be generous. I didn't want to be out of pocket. And yet I thought nothing of going for a beer after the service or buying a takeaway coffee in the Starbucks around the corner. And I was ashamed of myself. And this brings me to the second thing. Often in the Bible, it is, and in life, it is the people who have the least who are the most generous. Jesus often talks about the women who supported his work. And we heard last week that Luke chapter 8 speaks about how Mary, Joanna, and Susanna were helping support the work out of their own means. They may not have been the breadwinners in their household, and their husbands may not have been disciples, but Jesus was a traveling preacher who depended upon support for his ministry, and these women saw his vision and supported his work. Or Barnabas, in Acts 4, verse 36, who sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Mary, Joanna, Susanna, and Barnabas saw lives changed, And they wanted others to have that experience. Jesus is not legalistic. Although the Bible has great teaching on how much to give to God's work. But this widow, the one in our story, she gave everything. She walked in when everyone was busy filling the offering boxes. Yet she is clearly doing what 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 3 says when it states, For I testify they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. She was generous beyond her ability with her two coins. Jesus points this widow out, 
to shame those who were watching and either giving nothing or giving from what was left over after they had their nice house creature comforts. He's clearly pointing this out as well to say to the believers of this day that they should have supported her. And in today's culture, if you are a person who makes nothing, the church does not expect monetary gifts. In fact, we should be sacrificial and loving and generous and giving towards those who have nothing. And Jesus would have been pretty vociferous on that topic. Thirdly, we may need help to be generous. And we may need to ask God to change our hearts, to change my heart. Not only about money, but also our view of the poor and the invisible. Jesus saw people giving loads of money, and they were giving a lot publicly, but it was out of what was left, what was surplus, what they felt comfortable giving away once they were pretty much sorted. And this is why, as I was writing this sermon, I felt really, really uncomfortable, because this is me. I'm happy to give to the church and to our charities, but I like to give out of what is left. But I knew the reason I was supposed to do this sermon was because that is exactly what Jesus and God has been challenging me on. While I've been on maternity leave, we decreased our standing order to the church because our income dropped considerably. I went back to work at the beginning of September for two days a week, and now we're paying for childcare, etc., etc. And I struggle with generosity. Mike always challenges me to be more generous, and he is incredibly generous-spirited over our finances. In fact, we had a conversation recently where we talked about our monthly giving. Mike said we should increase it, notice it once again. And I found myself saying something along the lines of, but at the moment I'm only back a bit, my pay isn't that much. And Mike asked me how much we actually got before tax. And I know God wants my heart to be different And I cringe inside because if Jesus was here, he wouldn't be delighted that I was giving. He would be upset about my attitude that I simply don't have a generous spirit in this area. I don't have God's heart about giving. I want to keep what I think is mine. And I'm hoping I'm not the only one that this is a struggle to be honest about. (laughs) But actually, I have to come back again and again to the reality that nothing is mine. That God gives me my work, my finances, in order to use them. And practically speaking, what is 10%? Do I really feel it? No. Do I even notice it when it goes out on the day my income comes in? And does God want me to see giving like another bill? No. Bills, I don't know about you, bills are not cheerful for me. Our heart needs to be generous and our giving cheerful. The Bible tells us in Corinthians 2, verse 9, chapter 9, verse 7, that our giving is not to be done grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. In fact, God does not want us to think, how much do I have to give to God so I can then keep the rest? No, it needs to be a free will offering. As Matthew chapter 10 and verse 8 states, freely you received freely give. He wants us to be like this widow. How much of God's money should I keep and how much of God's money should I give away? To offer what we want to offer. 
and I need God to continue to work in my heart. And Michael and I are paid monthly, and it makes sense to give monthly as our thankfulness to God for everything. And the church has various ways one can give via a weekly envelope scheme, or weekly, or monthly by standing order. And those ways mean the church claims more back from the government called gift aid. And for me, by giving, I trust that God will do more with his money than I can. And I want a heart for God's work and to give back what was already his. And unlike keeping money for me and my stuff and my comfort, giving is kingdom investment. I know that giving to this church and all the charities that this church supports will have a direct impact upon hundreds, even thousands of people. That I will see lives changed, watch children meet Jesus. And I know that charities we support will show God's love across this country, but also across the world. Generosity and real generosity can't be measured. And I will not know everything that my gifts do. But God will. God will know. And more importantly, and much more of a personal challenge, God will know my heart. So questions I was asked those years ago by a previous vicar. How much do we give? How do we give? And why do we give? And Jesus' message is a practical one. Giving should be sacrificial and not out of what is left. And giving should be regular and one we love to do. Giving needs to be cheerful, not out of compulsion. And we need to have God's heart over his money. Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much that the Bible offers us some real challenges. And that it isn't easy. It isn't easy reading. And God... I'm so sorry that I am not generous. And God, would you help change my heart? Lord, we thank you for everything we have. And right now, just let us take a moment to to think seriously about the real poor and about whether we support the poor. And God, would you help us to give generously and with love and cheerfully Give of ourselves like that widow did. And God, help use our gifts. Help take our gifts to help others experience you, God. In all the work we do here, in all the charitable work we support all over the world, God, would you do more than we could ever do? Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about Abergavenny Baptist Church, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.